0: IVM
1: Welcome to another episode of Simplified Somehow this thing just keeps on going Narayan without stopping Yes, where we try to demystify stuff and sometimes we succeed, sometimes we fail but this time We are very sure we are going to demystify a lot of really, really...
0: Sometimes when we run out of things to talk about, we Mm -hmm. invite people who are smarter than us on the podcast, which is...
1: Which is not very difficult. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's not not like we are Godel and Einstein.
0: So, uh, Naren, you would know that I like independent music quite a bit. Yes. So, uh, I've been uh, a a very uh, faithful attendee of the scene, as it's called. Hmm. Uh, for a very long time from gigs ever since I've come to Bombay in 2009 I've been going to gigs all over the place and one of my happiest one of my fondest memories was when a website that I used to follow for a long time NH7 Mm -hmm. um, decided to host a 3 day music fest in uh, Pune, hmm. uh, and that to me was extremely, extremely novel. Till then, the I kind of
1: remember, yeah. uh, you know, when we used to all hang around in uh, exactly in Anand's, Anand Ramchandran's yeah. Yeah. house at that time, and uh, yeah. Chuck was all agog and jumping up and down, and he wanted all of us to come. I didn't go, but I, I don't know some yeah, yeah, some I of did. the others. Yeah, did. yeah. so
0: yeah. I uh, I ensured that I had a work meeting in Pune that Friday, so hmm. that I could. Uh, uh, I, I could uh, I could yeah. go for this. I even tried to, uh, convincing my client to come along. Alas, that never happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so today uh, I am proud to say I work with that company. And I'm even proud to say that today we have on the podcast the guy who's made all this happen. Uh, Vijay Nair. Vijay, welcome to Simplified. Thank you for taking time out and coming
2: on to a little show. I'm happy to be here mm-hmm. and kind of hopefully uh, talk about what actually goes behind making the festival apart from uh, just talking about the lineup all the time <laughs>
0: uh, absolutely and that's something that we definitely that we want to focus on if i may ask and you've probably been asked this question several several times before what inspired you to start nsn weekender
2: in one word it's actually glastonbury um, that's mm-hmm. the first really large music festival that i went to the first music festival i ever been to was of all places in estonia uh, when uh, this is back in 2005 or six um, I used to just manage bands at that point of time, and uh, I had just discovered internet.
1: Other fans they stoned. <laughs> uh, oh
2: God! That is—is is that the direction? That, is, going? The layer, yeah. that, that is, is
1: the level, general, general right. level. Of the all right, all right. <laughs> this, is, this is
0: why we give people a fifteen-minute break so that they can choose whether to continue or not. You notice we are placed to <laughs> <you're laughs> furthest away from the door as
2: well. If not if that's the direction we are going, then then let's go for that direction. Challenge wow. no, like accepted. <laughs> uh, so it was um, this. This is the time when I was managing Pentagram, and mm. I was just gonna mail every festival in the world and just saying, "Oh, we got a band. We'd like to come and play." I think I remember in that one month I mailed some 200 odd festivals And one guy responded From the Sundance Music Festival in Estonia Uh, It was hilarious because I remember going to Vishal's studio and we were sitting there And the first thing we actually did Was find an atlas to find where Estonia was Because (laughs) we had absolutely No idea where it was Uh, And there was no Google Maps or anything at that point of time To find it So we literally had to find it That it was one of the uh, um, CIS countries And then we didn't know how to get a visa So we kind of, uh, we figured that out and we landed up in Delhi to get a visa and we met the ambassador or the consul general who was the Sardarji (laughs) because some of these smaller European countries, they don't have proper embassies. So they just, whoever is like a big businessman uh, who's from that country, they just make them the honorary consul general sort of a thing. So I think there were only four people applying for a visa to, five of us applying for a visa to go there. Um, And I went in and I walked in and I saw what a music festival is for the first time um there was about five stages and it was all electro- electronic music mm-hmm. pentagram was headlining that festival by the way so it was they really kind of fell in love with the band and uh, we fell in love with the country it was incredible and a couple of i think a year later a year or two later is when i went to glastonbury the first time and then of course that was Glastonbury i mean if you have never been to a music festival and if you're going to go to glastonbury it's 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 a city it's not really just a festival yeah. in that sense it's maybe about 900 acres of land. It's uh, 200,000 wow. people. Uh, they built the festival for about 11 months. It was overwhelming to kind of really like go mm-hmm. see that. Um, and I think that's when the idea was kind of planted in terms of I had to do something like that. And I think that was 2006, but by the time it, I did it at 7, it was 2010. Mm-hmm. So it took from it kind of being planted as a seed in terms of this is what I want to do. I think it took about a good four years. Uh, I, st- I, I, I tried actually to put together a festival in 2008 um but 2008 9 then it took me about two and a half years to just get that entire thing together mm. um although the first festival i actually worked on was uh in 2002 which uh, was one it was three days about 15 16 months it was called alive in Pune, um and um, yeah i we did a lot of that stuff except we didn't treat it like a festival just a bunch first of time, concerts yeah. yeah it's the first time i think we went all the way and gonna uh, kind of figure out how to um, put something together and that's But that's where the idea of NH7 really kind of kicked off That's
0: that's fantastic Why NH7? I know this but
2: for the benefit It, it was uh, We wanted a three letter domain name And it was available <laughs> <laughs> so
0: Is that simple? Many <laughs> of these uh, are actually that simple oh. Actually many of these It really
1: has nothing to do with National Highway number 7 Which yeah. is the National Highway number 7? It is NH7 used to be
2: something that used to go from If I'm not mistaken Kanyakumari to Kashi and that's okay. what. It, so it was. That's interesting. The, enough, it was yeah. the yeah. longest uh, highway in India at a point of time. Now it's broken into NH 44 and a mm. bunch of other highways right now. Um, but I was driving from Pune to Bombay at that point, and we were going to start this website. And there was uh, Gaurav, Shreyas, and Arjun, uh, who we kind of that was a team we put together to start this. And uh, I was kind of driving from Pune, and it just kind of struck me. I was looking at some of the milestones, and I remember somewhere in my subconscious, I'd read about NH 7 being the longest highway and so I just called Shreyas I think at that point said is the domain name available he said yes so let's book it because finding a three letter (laughs) domain name was just uh, it was just insane at that point of time because one thing I always knew is you can once you have a name you can always build a story around it Mm -hmm. and people will believe whatever you tell them so it's which uh, is very
1: profound actually
2: (laughs) then I've made a bunch of different stories about how it stands for music across the country a lot of people actually think uh, it is NH7 I'll tell you an incredible fact that not many people know So one of our major competitors um, thought that we were going to do this festival all over the country. So we'll go somewhere else, it'll become NH8, NH9. So they actually went and trademarked everything from NH1 to NH6 and NH8 to NH20. (laughs) Uh, And the plans, except that we never really planned to do that. No matter where the festival went, it was going to be NH7. So there is uh, somebody in the city who's sitting with trademarks of NH1, NH2, NH3, NH4, NH5 um so it's it's uh it's really funny i found that out few years later <laughs> and <Yeah>. somewhere Nitin Gadkari <laughs> is wondering who's booking all these yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah mm. i don't think Nitin Gadkari is wondering that, that right now but yeah sure, <laughs> sure.
1: Hmm. yeah i mean i am i am just bursting with uh, uh, with questions regarding how did you manage to sell the concept you I mean you went to Glastonbury you got sold on it but this is something and and uh, India I don't know if we are especially hide bound but we tend to be very very slow at taking up concepts new concepts You're very reluctant very conservative don't want to so who how did you get people to believe in you
2: that is way more profound than what actually happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it's uh, I was the com- I started the company two thousand one too. So by this point of time, when I was pitching, I had eight nine years of at least experience of being in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can of really look look at look at about how you go about the festival, um, you need to kind of convince artists to play. You need to convince uh, sponsors uh, to be a part of it. And then you need to convince people to buy tickets. These are the three people mm-hmm. that you involve involved with. Artists was not even a problem because I knew everybody personally. At that yeah, You were already
1: managing. I was a managing
2: band. a whole bunch of mm-hmm. bands. And the first year, all the artists who played were friends. That's mm-hmm. pretty much it. Including the international headliners were just artists managed by my friends. Mm-hmm. Because nobody else would play a festival that they hadn't heard of. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just easy to do that. Um, when it came to sponsors, um, that was the biggest challenge. That's why it took two years because nobody really bought into it. Because in hindsight, while it seems like it was an obvious thing to do, nobody bought into the concept that you could actually have different genres of music in a festival mm-hmm. because the way brands think is you know they'll give you ridiculous briefs like oh i want to own electronic music i want to own rock music i want to own this though, you know own this or whatever and uh, my insight was from the time i started listening to music which was 2001 which is when i started working as well because i had no music in my life at all when i was growing up zero um and which incidentally happened to be the first band I got into. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Also, so when um, I kind of really figured out that most people just listen to all kinds of music, that's majority of the people. It took me a while to get out of my echo chamber of you know people who were just scenesters and who would mm. only say because if I'd gone by that, this festival would would be extremely different. Like many other festivals, try to start and they just go after one thing because they have a hundred friends they all listen to it and they think ten thousand other people listen to that and that's not true. So, we basically... I, I knew that most people listen to all kinds of stuff. And when I went to Glastonbury, one of the things that happened to me is I walked into all these stages and had never heard that kind of music or bands, but I was hooked. Because there's just so much good kinds of music and mm-hmm. you don't end up listening to it because of peer pressure or your own elitism okay. or your own hipsterness or whatever it is. And uh, it just didn't kind of go anywhere from there. So, for me, it was important to kind of bring all of that forms of music together and the brands just wouldn't get it. They just wouldn't know why... Demonic Resurrection and Asian Dub Foundation and Indian Ocean were playing the same C events, Festival, right? Yeah. It was uh, really odd for no. them. Um, but uh, I found a sucker in Bacardi at that point of time Ooh. who are some of my closest friends. And I literally, I think we were blessed because. They literally had the best team at that point of time who were all a bunch of lunatics, mm. uh, and who took a, so we went and managed to sell one of the stages to one of the brands. Mm. Um, he got into it so much he went and sold the other stage within his own company to another brand. So mm. first we had Aristov come in and then Bacardi came in, and then the marketing had just said, "You know, just we'll just sponsor the festival." They were just tired of it. It was a very minuscule amount at that point, but they really kind of stuck by it, and that happened the third thing which I thought would be the easiest which is I thought you know if you build it they will come sort of a thing um, and nobody came it was 1500 people the first year we thought at least 4-5000 people you uh, know show up so it was a disaster in that sense and in uh, what was a great marketing move uh, I, I think went up on stage on the first day Um, on the second day of the festival and we gave everybody another free wristband to go bring their friends oh I remember this made a big speech people thought we were being all generous we just wanted more people in to be honest (laughs) Uh, and they all turned up with their friends and there was a lot of people there were about 4-5 thousand people in the third day and uh, you know it just kind of grew from then and what just the only thing that went completely the other way in the next year was we thought fifteen hundred people would go to three thousand, four thousand, but next year we had eight thousand people. Uh, so that word of mouth is what kind of really built it from. It's uh, one of those point.
1: classic two-sided markets. So yeah. you you need more people mm-hmm. if you want to get more people. So mm-hmm. you have to. So that was actually very mm-hmm. very smart thing that you did. You actually uh, stepped out and got more people. So
2: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just uh, one of the good things that's happened with me in nh Seven. It's it's helped me personally break through a lot of. Uh, my own kind of uh, Elitism in that sense Of how hmm. things should be Who should come to a festival Who do I want to hang out with mm. What kind of artists Should really kind of play uh, So yeah, I think now for example We want the festival To grow bigger and bigger And have more people in But maybe in the second Third year I didn't think like that I thought oh you know The festival should be Only eight, ten thousand 10000 people hmm. Except niche, I realized yeah, It should be niche, niche And it should yeah. be this I mean, That's the biggest bunch of bullshit I kind of fed myself At that hmm. point uh, But luckily I've kind of Liberated my own Head out of that space and now we're very clear about the direction that we can definitely want to go in
0: so which brings me to the next question how do we figure how do you figure out which artists play at the weekender we always start with
2: friends and family mm-hmm. uh, in, in our cases uh, in the first couple of years especially it was a lot of people in yeah. our own roster uh, people that I knew, knew really well and guys like Subir and Parikrama and all of that so mm-hmm. who, who did one of the sweetest things because when the, the first year when we lost a lot of money he actually called back and offered to return all the money wow. uh, so that's why you know Parikrama they're just generally legends in nature um, but it's um, we kind of really look at different kinds of music mm-hmm. because the stages have a particular sound then we kind of really figure out the Indian headliners first in terms sure. of who it should be uh, there's a huge focus on new acts one of the things that people don't realize is almost consistently in the last three years especially 60% of, let's say Pune, the lineup is absolutely new 60% of the acts are playing for the first time Uh, but people always just look at the headliner names and then they will feel, oh they've played before but we actually work very hard on those 60% of the names Mm -hmm. Uh, in terms of the international headliners, we've tried everything to know what works and what doesn't like metal, for example, that's something that I was pretty keen on because, you know, we were all, the programming team were like a lot of bunch of metal heads as well but we booked some really big acts, and then you'd see a thousand people turn up, and then you realize that this just doesn't, doesn't work. And apparently, there were other metal festivals happening which would just get such a terrible turnout, and you realize that audience is just gone, you know, and you have to just accept it, not be in denial that audience mm. kind of still exists. Um, so we kind of moved on from that. There's this whole revelation of, you know, the whole post rock, pro rock sort of a thing that kind of really yeah. works. I have no idea why, but it has its own audience. Uh, so we always look for a cult act as a headliner. That's been one of the key things in terms of the kind of acts mm. that we'll kind of really look Something
0: at. Something like we had Mogwai
2: last year. Mogwai last year, Stephen Wilson this to year. Sir. So I think that's the kind of acts that we really look at. Um, the biggest challenge is to find multiple international acts available on the same weekend mm. to come to India. Mm. It's a huge challenge. So for every three bands we book, we possibly send out about 100 offers.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, and out of that, we then figure out which are the three, four ones that we really need. Then we have a lot of international acts, which are just great acts. Uh, be it Sean Cootie or Buraka Som System and uh, loads of other bands that we kind of booked which people may not know about but they're great festival acts and once people see them experience at the festival them, it experiences, yeah, yeah. Um, experience them it, it kind of works mm. so it's, it's a mix of a lot of that but there's a bit of art and a bit of mathematics to be on it to be honest so we balance it with what how many tickets we need to sell mm-hmm. and what kind of experience you kind of really want to provide and sometimes you just do things like two acts that i've just done because i personally wanted to do one was amit trivedi and second mm-hmm. was rehman okay uh, because rehman was somebody in my head 10th year of nh7 we should be big enough that rehman would play
0: mm-hmm. happen
2: much sooner so i can't complain um, amit i was a huge fan of and the fact that he had never played live before And he was the kind of guy that even people in the scene would kind of really listen to this one guy because he was making some incredible music. So those are the kind of stuff you just do because uh, when you run a festival, there's some occupational perks you get is you Mm. get to book acts that you really want to see. Mm. And there's a bunch of acts that we book just because, you know, you know them. I I want to bring them down sort of thing.
0: Sure. Shall we take a little break? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll be right back with part two of this. There's more awesome
1: stuff to come. and we're back so we have been having this fascinating conversation with vijay Nair of weekender
0: only much louder which only runs much louder the weekend yeah. on yeah. correctly make, make it correct
1: yeah and yeah, uh, yeah i'm i'm uh, i was very very uh, you know sort of afraid that i would be opening my mouth and displaying my ignorance like i did just now okay. but somehow it doesn't feel uh, that awful because i've been <laughs> learning a lot of things and uh, Vijay has been telling us yeah. a lot of it Yeah, yeah. so uh, it's Vijay, it's fine.
2: When you start with Estoned you can't go. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. fine. You've all right.
1: But seriously, uh, how was? Uh, they don't speak. Do they speak English in Estonia? No, I don't. I'm no, they guessing not. Some really weird language and Russian. We managed though. Yeah. I think
2: it wasn't. It wasn't that hard because whatever we needed to get done in Estonia, we got done. Yeah.
0: Reminds me of Elbonia from the, yeah, Dilbert, uh, uh, the Dilbert, Dilbert comics. Yeah. International festivals versus Indian festivals. Where do you think um, the international festival score, apart from the fact that people probably know the music a lot more, where are the Indian audiences rather? Uh, where does the education need to happen? Where do, where do we need to get these crowds... Uh, i mean what is what is it going to take to get four hundred thousand people to come to a festival i know you could do a
2: surgeon uh, <laughs> inside the festival maybe they'll all kind of turn up or uh, you could just at this point of time put up 20 atms and they could all turn up <laughs> so um uh, is true actually many many yeah. ways to do it uh yeah that's going to be the tagline this year right <laughs> i mean it's going to be five stages 50 artists three atms sort of thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. um it's um, there's a long way to go i think the Uh, The world's biggest festivals If you look at it There is Literally, in terms of attendance, um, there's one festival in Poland which is free, so I'm keeping that aside, which mm-hmm. gets about half a million people. Sure. And then there's Glastonbury, which gets about, I want to say, 140, 50, 60, 70, maybe. Uh, EDC, which is about 140, 50,000 people. Coachella, which gets about 80 000 to 90,000 over the weekend. So, the world's biggest festival, none of them has really crossed a 200,000 sort of a number. So, it's not that these festivals mm-hmm. are that big. Uh, the first ones to possibly do that would be, without doubt, like anything else, India or China. Sure. Just because there is enough people Population. out there. Um, and Trivia is this year All in events combined This year we'll cross about 100,000 unique people Who've been to the festival wow. Wow. So that's so many people who kind of sampled the festival at mm. some level Now it's just about scaling it up When everybody would land up together yeah. And unfortunately we don't have the infrastructure right now To do something like that But it's a matter of time, we'll, we'll figure it out um, But I think um, they have a history of 50-60 years Of music festivals mm-hmm. We have a history of maybe 8-9 years So I think so that itself is going to no, no, it's not bad at all I think it'll start um, What happens is that When I walk into a room Like this Let's say there's 100 people Who I know all Would love to be at NH7 mm-hmm. Not more than 15 of them Would have actually been At the festival mm-hmm. A lot of the people Still just don't make the and They're not really that Into music to be honest uh, They would love it If they were there uh, They just don't know What that entire experience And everything else is And you know Then the effort of Buying a ticket And going somewhere else And so that level of Enthusiasm doesn't Kind of really exist mm-hmm. Um as people We don't really do Many things outdoor That's another yeah. thing um, And that's because Of the way things are Just traffic And getting out And everything is Something that you need To really plan It's a hassle uh, it, It's a bit to of a city, hassle city
0: Book another book that's hotel That's right. yeah. So
2: you need enthusiastic friends So every group That comes to NH7 Is usually because There's one super Into enthusiastic guy who's, person Yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, who brings everybody else in right so uh, I think it's not an education thing it will just change Um, but lots of things have changed the fact that people buy tickets Mm -hmm. people buy tickets early people buy tickets online all of this are just huge cultural changes that have happened from 10% of my tickets selling online to now Almost ninety percent selling yeah. online before the festival. There's a huge difference, yeah. which can also shows the commitment in that sense. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So, do you think uh, the way technology has uh, changed uh, the 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 way people consume entertainment, like YouTube, uh, it has exposed a lot many more people to genres of music that they are more likely to find in festivals like uh, NH7 than before. Is that a factor in its increasing popularity? Uh,
2: absolutely. I think mm-hmm. in every ways. First of all. Uh, it's helped us market our festivals much better so it helps us just purely from that point of view Um, second, people are discovering, even if you bring a really niche artist, it's so easy to push them to 10,000 people because you need to just push that link out and people will go see it Um, the sampling of music has become so much easier so I think from a technology point of view I mean there's two, one is just on that part of it but Um, just the technology that is needed behind the festival has improved so much Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of really interesting for anybody who is interested in production from that point of view which really helps us the fact that you have five stages with sound not bleeding from one to the other Mm -hmm. uh, you have incredible sound systems that have kind of come in how fast the rigging can happen I think technology on both sides has helped us uh, be it back-end technology or front-end from a consumer point of view but uh, it's uh, one of the reasons why it's become easy to do festivals than ever before
1: Mm -hmm. also I, I know that you had a more than uh, you know expected turnout at the nh7 in shillong mm-hmm. uh, and none of you had really expected because you wouldn't know so there are there are a lot of things about uh, about the about the listener the mm-hmm. indian listener that you don't know about what do you conjecture as the new horizon northeast was one what do you think about the cow belt uh, The you mm-hmm. know where most of us say okay cow belt may nahi But do you think there is uh, there is chance which is actually
0: related to the question which i was about to ask how do hmm. you decide the cities that you are going to yeah. go to obviously pune is now the flag is has always been the flagship uh, but we, uh, but in has to some cities before It's dropped them. Now Shillong has become sort of established. So how do you decide which cities to go to this year? Hmm. Uh, this year there the were express yeah. editions in which were uh, hmm. one day concerts in five cities
2: across the country. So how do we desi- How do you decide which cities to go to? Um, it's uh, no science, just gut purely in terms mm-hmm. of Bombay, um, Bangalore, Delhi, and well, the no-brainers. But the fact that um i posted shillong outsold bangalore delhi yeah. calcutta tickets yeah. combined uh, yeah. and that's and that's the reason we took a punt and dropped 3 and just went after shillong because we did it the first year i just got a sense of this is going to be big you could just kind of you could just feel Didn't the energy feel at some yeah, point yeah the energy
1: the enthusiasm you know that
2: yeah. uh, this really works and then if you look at data then it makes sense Um, I mean, I'm a big believer in data and then you kind of just marry it with gut and somewhere your decision will be somewhere in between. Um, You have seven states, loads of young people, all of them into music and not one music festival. So it was just a no-brainer that you needed to do it, except it's extremely hard to produce a festival there. Nobody was willing to take that effort and we took that effort and we gave them the same experience. We didn't do a smaller version because it's the Northeast or whatever it would be. Uh, And people spend money, people bought tickets, everybody told us it's not going to happen, people don't buy. That I've got in every city by the way, but Mm -hmm. in every city those kind of stereotypes get broken. Um so you sometimes just go by gut and things like we're at Pondicherry and Mysore and so you kinda look at markets and we just want to do small towns and and these are non ticketed ones but mm-hmm. and which is invite only. But the idea is we're just trying to get a sense of what kind of audience exists. Sure. And the fact is I think of all the festivals that exist, NSM is the only one that can go it can be in Kerala, it can be in Rajasthan, we'll still get ten thousand people. Yeah. Uh, largely because um the diversity of music really works. If I go to Kerala, the duo stage would change automatically to what the local people might like. The rock stage can still remain sure. rock stage with a lot of local acts. Um, so I think it's very flexible from that point mm-hmm. of view. So now I think we're geared to go to any other place, except genuinely, I have no interest in kind of doing 20, 30 different versions. What I personally always wanted to do is all these editions were marketing yeah. tools for us for something yeah, yeah. that we'll do five to 10 years from now, which is one festival with 200,000 people. Uh, so this was more. Uh, the editions that we are doing in City were more evangelical in nature the mm-hmm. idea was to kind of go tell people what a festival is because one of the biggest assumptions that we made was people would know what a festival is and they don't why should they know till I went to Glastonbury right. I didn't know what it was right. so when you come the concept that there is four stages five stages people are playing at the same time everybody there's no fight there's nothing it's just you need to kind of be there to understand how that entire thing really works mm. um, I think but Shillong and Pune will definitely possibly remain uh, as the two main centres mm. so,
0: Vijay, if I could ask, what uh, what is the process by which uh, Weekender is actually set up? So, you told us about how the artists are, what the selection, etc. is. How does it go from that? How does it go from an Excel file all the way to the final production?
2: Uh, I, I think we've got it down. Uh, OML Love functions like an assembly line of yeah. producing festivals <laughs> in that sense. So, we've got it down to a science. Um, but um, it is unbelievable amount of detailing mm. and I think I can well understand
1: because uh, mm. any thing in that chain breaks the whole thing is at yeah, a Yeah,
2: there's a huge yeah. huge cascading effect of yeah. everything I mean if one band arrives for sound check 25 minutes late yeah. that actually means the entire schedule of the day not just sound check not just sound check because but even you the Because we have yeah. change over stages so if one band is late the other stage is late right. and then it just goes on and on and on and on yeah. so uh, every single thing we kind of get at this th- I think the most important thing is we have an incredibly well-trained crew mm-hmm. um, everybody also the other thing about why we've kind of run really good festivals is we have an extremely calm crew as well you don't really kind of see people going ape-shit and nuts which is what really happens a lot of the time on ground mm-hmm. uh, we work with the best suppliers and vendors so that takes away a lot of the things so we pay a little more uh, but we get the best people And so that takes away A lot of the pain and hassle And we have consistency We work with the same crew Same vendor, Same outsourced guys uh, Time after time So everybody kind of Really knows what they do mm-hmm. So But the thing is uh, I am obsessed as much as possible with the customer experience part of it so when you enter I'll be very keen on what fabric is used for the wristband how will it feel in your hand for 3-4 to Mm -hmm. days how does it feel after a couple of showers whatever because that's what the people have to live with and if that's bad it actually annoys you and and that becomes an irritant for you for 4 days so from something as simple as that to how the sound would be how that's designed uh, with people who come and curate food uh, Mm. to bazaar to everything else so every little thing uh, we're very specific about but one of the ways we kind of did it was very simple. Um, I actually wrote down a list of everything that used to annoy me at concerts, mm-hmm. and we just fixed each one of them. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, from as a manager, as an artist, we kind of wrote that, and from a consumer point of view, simple things like a lot of the time a concert security acts like airport security they take away things like they might you might have a bottle of water but they just take that away and throw it but there's no logic to kind of redo really that when you're coming for a day festival sure um you know so if it's a sealed bottle we'll let in or cigarettes or something else or deodorants or condoms for that matter or whatever it would be but you know it was just a thing that happened till we had to fix it and retrain our security to do that um just basically managing the crowd flow just imagining how will the crowd move from one stage to another. Mm-hmm. Accordingly programming What artists will play So that we balance the audience At any point of time So every single thing That happens Has a lot of detailing Except now we have a crew Which all knows What they're doing So 90% of the stuff I used to go 7 days before Now I go the day before Or the morning of the show uh, At best And that's how it happens Now in Pune For example This year it's a new venue And huge challenges Um, We don't really have Ready made venues So here we are transplanting About 400,000 square feet Of grass Mm. That's literally So we're growing grass Off site then you cut it and there's an entire transplantation process which takes about 25 days uh then you literally from putting the right fertilizers to the right texture so then we choose the grass what kind of grass would feel good and what it will be and so when you kind of see the festival ground uh, and if you see what it was 25 days before, it will be completely different. But we pay attention to all of those little details to make sure. Do you follow a checklist good. or something? And, just uh, and uh, trust yeah. me, Naren. Uh-huh. When
0: uh, usually in music festivals, when they say this, the, this is the grass to choose, it has a totally different <laughs> meaning. <laughs> <Yeah>. Normally, <laughs> yeah. you're saying is so. this yeah. uh,
2: the counter to stone then <laughs> <Sorry>. the, <laughs> the grasses? Uh, okay, yeah. all right, no problem if that's again. Uh, sorry you were saying
1: yeah so uh, you know um, in my experience when we are doing something complex or complicated like uh, I have a I run a factory and sometimes uh, like especially when we are sending out a number of uh, uh, components in a export consignment you really need to have a guy sitting with a checklist to make sure nothing uh, because humans are humans right Mm -hmm. everyone so do you feel the need to do that or do you just sort of delegate it to teams and compartmentalize it and have them do everything it's Uh, a mix of that
2: Uh, it's mm -hmm. very well delegated and compartmentalized in that sense and each one has their own checklist we also get better every year Uh, so we can figure out what are the things uh, we shouldn't have done what should we kind of really Mm -hmm. fix uh, now debriefings have become a huge part of the process after every festival so you so have a down. review after yeah. you basically uh, lick your out. wounds yeah. so for example we used to waste a lot of time putting up signage till we realized 50% of our signage was useless hmm. it's just legacy that we did it the year before so we used to do it again hmm. so now we combine a lot of that so that effort becomes lesser uh, we know we know exactly the problem that our vendors will come up with because a lot of them will turn up late a lot of them will do this and then that means the fencing has to a lot of the little things so we basically keep fixing processes more and more um, I think we're about 80% there in terms of how well it needs to be uh, we're at a point now we are introducing things for example since the last three years now uh, including this year now we're the only festival which has complete um, uh, It it, ha- it is disabled access uh, it is special access as well for anybody who's coming in wheelchairs or any kind yeah. of disability as well mm. uh, and I make two points for it one I think every festival should do it second even if the amount that it needs to just make sure that happens is minuscule is 0.1% of a budget of the entire festival. But a lot of people just don't take that effort, but it opens up suddenly a whole new audience. And there's millions of people who would possibly want to kind of, who've never kind of really been out because they just feel that a public space is not going to be accessible. So from that to, for example, now we're just trying to get better and better at um, one of the issues that we have as the festival grows bigger is safety of women. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean in a larger sense in terms of whether they'll get, uh, it's just regular stuff in terms of from commons being passed to you know um, just guys basically a group of and guys and a and start lot of dancing this is cultural company. stuff Yeah, um, it's cultural but I think yeah. uh, a lot of it automatically fixes itself at the festival because of the vibe um, but when the festival grows bigger like this time in Shillong we stopped the concert for 5 minutes till we just pulled people out and threw them out and we mm-hmm. just stopped it till you know that would happen But and that too when um, Farhan Akhtar was playing yeah so mm-hmm. and we do that because we're very clear about in terms of we don't worry about reputation and all of that stuff I mean what needs to yeah, be fixed yeah, first needs things to be first, fixed
1: yeah, first so things you kind of just first, get
2: yeah. that done but now we're getting in a place where uh, now we, we, we're we kind of premiering a video that we've made for all our events now which is almost like a flight safety video except for festivals because nobody in festival knows in case there's a fire where do you get out from yes. or what are you supposed hmm. to do or if you find somebody who's drunk you don't know really what to do and how to help them so now we're trying to kind of make stuff or even one focused towards women just telling them what should they do in case they're harassed yeah. because a lot of the time that where happens at a public where would they be most space.
1: likely to find help yeah. Yeah,
2: where, should they, you know, where would they find help what are their options what hmm. it should be uh, which is an uncomfortable moment in a music festival, but that's only for few people. But I think it's an important one to kind of yeah. really do. Yeah. It's the same reason like, why you need to be told how to use an oxygen, how a flight yeah. prepares you before it takes off on what you should do when it's yeah. going to crash. But yeah. it's an important thing to kind yeah. of do. Right? Because so you
1: won't have time when it actually happens. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. So I think yeah. it's important. So from our security to, uh, we have also a, a fiercely loyal team that travels with us. I mean, yeah. our, our security team for example our freelancers Mm -hmm. all kids from Mohammed Ali Road who live with us you know literally live with us during the festival they'll just turn up at every NH7 and they know how to handle what needs to be done you know all of these things it's really
1: underrated this entire uh, camaraderie and loyalty yeah it's very uh,
2: important because mm -hmm. um, because they everybody now nobody kind of bothers with a lot of that stuff right in terms of it's just Uh, when everybody different teams are just good at what they're supposed to do then there's no confusion of too Mm -hmm. many people trying to do the same thing so the marketing and ticketing team will just work uh, independently Uh, the curation the food and bazaar team works separately everybody does their own thing now and as in the next one or two years we're just trying to automate a lot of those processes and get that in place Um, we're definitely not where I would want it to be yet uh, where it's The dream is That we'll be ready With every single thing 24 hours Even before sound check starts And everything is kind of redone But I think we are eventually Kind of getting there
0: Vijay, lastly I'll ask you a difficult question uh, Out of the 6 Now into his 7th year uh, What has been your favourite moment From a weekender?
2: Uh, favourite moment would be I think it um, It would still be second year um, When we um, have the stage Just set up for the finale we had a the, uh, the, uh, giant wheel as a background And people didn't know what it was doing there And everything shut down And all the audiences came there And we basically did The first time we did the NH7 All-Stars, All-stars. So we had all of these artists who played across And it was such a last minute thing Because all the songs were getting decided Backstage half an hour before So Emojan Heap came and did Blur Or mm. you know Vishwesh came and did uh, I think a mix of uh, I Size Baby uh, and baba cycle and you know he did some everybody was doing their own thing and our point was we trying to we basically wanted to close a festival of original music with covers that's we just kind of being silly about it so i just wanted to do that for you know like there was no real reason to kind of do that um, but we put that together and i i definitely remember kind of being at the sound console that time and just surrounded by people because everybody was the same spot and that's quite an overwhelming thing and i think that kind of moment happens um, with quite a few acts but I think that was the first time I think I definitely realized that we're on to something uh, magical awesome yes.
0: thank you so much Vijay for uh, spending time with us over here uh, if you guys are listening to this and you have been inspired to come to the festival, no matter which city you're in, especially you guys down there in Chennai, uh, you find your tickets on insider.in, head over to the festival, have a great time over there. And if you like this little podcast that we have, then uh, hit subscribe on iTunes and Pocket Cast on Android. Yeah, and see you at
1: one of the... MS7s very
0: soon. Vijay, thanks again for coming on. Thanks, yeah, Thank you so much. And yeah, good luck for the weekend and here's to a great festival season. Thank you. Bye. See
1: you guys Oh,